0: Welcome to the Love Yourself Healthy podcast. I am Melanie Lillis. I'm an eating psychology coach, nutritional therapist, and I have my Bachelor of Physical and Health Education. Throughout this podcast, we are going to be diving into the realm of eating psychology, body image, self-love, and creating a healthy and happy mind. I cannot wait to share my knowledge with you in hope that it's going to positively influence your life. Hey, lovely people. Welcome back to the podcast. This um, podcast, let me tell you a quick story. I actually recorded this podcast the other day, uh, spoke for like 40 minutes, which I know is not that long. But let me just explain something for you. I don't interview people very often. So just have a think about how hard it might be to speak to yourself literally for 40 minutes and try to be interesting and anyway so i got to the end of my 40 minute podcast and realized that it only recorded nine minutes i was so frustrated because when i get to the end of my podcast i have this like sense of relief because i'm like oh okay good that was good i did it you know moving on and then i went into it and realized it didn't record and i was gutted (laughs) So anyway, here we are, take two. Let's see if we can get to the whole end of this thing. I'm going to be checking my recording thing like the whole time and I'm going to be stressing out. So first of all, I want to ask you, how are you? I know I can't get an actual response, but I just want to see how you are. Have you checked in with yourself today? Uh, Have you practiced some gratitude? Have you done the things that make you happy? I hope You have because it's so important to put yourself first and do the things that you love, and yeah, just be super grateful for the things that you have, and how lucky we are to live in this wonderful, wonderful world. So, let us start my podcast by sharing what I always do a listener review. And I guess it wasn't so much a review, but this was just a message that I got from a lovely girl called Alana and she responded to uh, one of my stories and she said, have a lovely day, beautiful. I was at Miranda Fair and I wanted to run up to you and say thank you. You were on your phone and a little in the distance. I felt unsure if you'd want to be disrupted and I was a little worried you wouldn't know who I was. All of the head chatter came in. Anyways, thank you for doing the work you do and bringing such an amazing voice to many and tools for change. You're an inspiration to me and I'm grateful for all that you're doing. Thank you. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Alana. I say this every single time after I get a review or a comment. I can't even express the gratitude that I get from it and how happy it makes me. Like I know People say that, but it genuinely brings me joy. I've said this before, but I don't do this as my full-time job, but this is my absolute passion project. And it is my goal to have this as my full-time job one day. And I can't wait for that day to come. And for me to be able to go back through this podcast and be like, okay, these people are what made me keep going. And these people are what helped me achieve where I'm at today. So fingers crossed, watch this space. Uh, so if you haven't left me a review before, I would be so, so, so grateful if you could pause my podcast, do a screenshot, share it in your Instagram story and tag me. It's at Bear X Brave, and just connect with me. I love connecting with people who are listening to my podcast. There are thousands of you each episode and I would just, yeah, as I said, I love knowing that I am actually helping others out there and it just keeps me going, keeps me inspired and keeps me motivated. So today's topic is going to be all about self-love and my self-love routine in particular, a little bit more about my story as well. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would have known that I put a question poll up on my Instagram story asking you guys what you wanted to hear from me in my podcast, and quite a few of them came back asking me to share what I specifically do, like what are my non-negotiables, what self-love practices did I use throughout my eating disorder recovery and all of that. First of all, I want to touch on self-love and why it's so important to me. I suffered from a really severe eating disorder and if it wasn't for specific self-love practices that I implemented into my life, I genuinely do not think I would have recovered to the extent that I did today. I was a severe bulimic, I was a binge eater, I would try to starve myself and it got to a point where I was losing the skin on the back of my head, Like this, I would bleed on the back of my head. Um, I was losing my hair. I had adrenal fatigue, I was pretty much unable to get out of bed some days. I was also in an elite Australian sport aerobics team at the same time that I was going through my severe eating disorder and I had glandular fever. Anyway, I was really quite sick and there was a point in that whole kind of eating disorder time that I genuinely didn't know if I was going to be able to pull myself out of it, but I also didn't think I was that bad. So the only reason why now I'm like, oh yeah, it was severe is because I'm looking back on it and I think about what I did and I think about how many times I threw up and how toxic my mindset was. And I know that that's not normal. And that was a pretty, pretty severe thing to kind of go through. So yeah, I am so passionate about sharing this with people because of how it helped me heal and that's why I do what I do today it's not because I think I know everything it's because I know the exact things that helped me so I'm not saying that everything that I did is going to help you but I know 100% what helped me and if you're going through anything that I went through then these will probably be or hopefully be quite healing for you. So before I jump into what self-love practices I used back then and what I use now, I wanted to kind of, I guess, jump into my backstory a little bit more because it wasn't just an eating disorder I went through, it was some other things that I went through and I think maybe if I share my story a little bit more in depth then you can kind of relate or understand or yeah, see if anything that I went through is similar to what you went through. When I was 15, I dated a guy who was extremely abusive and I've touched on this briefly in another podcast. and I'm not going to go into too, too much detail with it now, but just so you know, yeah, he was quite abusive verbally, physically, um, emotionally, all of the above. I was with him for under a year, I think, but I was 15 years old. So that for me was massive. Um, He shot down my confidence, my self-worth, my value to the point where I didn't really value myself as much. I wasn't depressed. I don't think, um, I was never really suicidal, nothing like that. But he just made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Um, Obviously, the physical abuse was very mentally traumatizing. And I remember specifically a time when we were out at a party and there were these guys there who knew my boyfriend at the time. And they looked at me and they looked at him and they said, is this your girlfriend? And he was like, yeah. And they were like oh, mate, you can do so much better than her. And he looked at me and he looked at them and he just started laughing along with them and they just walked away. And out of everything I went through in this relationship and everything that I've gone through in my past, that stuck with me every day (laughs) till now, pretty much. Like I think about it, I don't think about it often, but I just remember the moment so... Clearly, I had this like gut-wrenching feeling in my stomach. I felt like shit. And beforehand, I actually felt really good. I think my hair looked nice. I had liked my outfit. And from that day, I didn't see myself as pretty. I didn't see myself as ugly, but I thought I was like, oh, I was average. And before this moment, I thought that I was actually above average. And I had a little confidence in terms of my looks. Yeah, so it's interesting because... I guess fast-forwarding a few years, I then was selected into the Australian Sport Aerobics team. And in this team, you have to compete in a leotard. Because I was competing at World Championships, we had to look fit. And there was a lot of emphasis placed around how we looked and what weight we were. And we had competition weights and all of this kind of stuff. And it was also around the time that I started to go clubbing. And there were these three girls in particular Who I remember clearly, who I would always see when we went out, and they were stick thin and they got all of the attention. And Instagram wasn't around at this time. Like I'm showing my age now. I know I'm not old, I'm 29, but when I started going clubbing, there was no Instagram. And I just remember there being such a huge trend around being skinny. And I mentioned there was no Instagram because that wasn't my main source of, I guess, comparison. It was real life comparison. So there was no editing. There was no Photoshop. It was an actual real-life comparison. I wasn't comparing myself to someone who was fake. And I guess everything that had happened in my life up until here, the abusive relationship, the comment that I got from that group of guys, being in, a, in the Australian aerobics team where I had to look a certain way, seeing the amount of attention that these girls were getting for being so skinny, it played a massive, massive, massive part in my mental health. And what started off as just wanting to lose a little bit of weight by restricting my food then turned into binge eating. And binge eating was caused because I was so macronutrient deficient that my body was craving food and I physically could not control the amount of food that I would inhale in certain sessions, I call them. So I would throw the food up. And I would throw food up whether it was a lot of food or it wasn't a lot of food. I didn't really care. I didn't want it in my body unless it was like at the lowest percentage of calories. Again, it started off as something that I didn't think was that big of a deal and I actually kind of enjoyed it because I felt a huge sense of control and in my life I didn't feel as though I had a lot of control at the time. I was studying uni full time, I was working full time, I didn't have a lot of money and the one thing that I had a mass amount of control on was what I put in my body. So. Fast forward four years and it was a full-blown eating disorder, throwing up every single day. There wasn't a day that went by. And it wasn't until I started to get these intense physical symptoms that I thought to myself, something really needs to change. And it needed to change and I knew that it needed to change in my mind. I knew that the whole reason as to why I was in this situation was because my mind wasn't strong enough. And and it took me a long time to actually admit that I needed to stop. I did not tell anybody. Actually, I did. There was one. <laughs> there was one friend who was going through the same thing as me, and I kid you not, she was the only person who knew. I had a boyfriend at the time that I was severely bulimic, and he did not know. I was that good at hiding it. Uh, my parents didn't know. My friends didn't know. Apart from that one girl, nobody new. Like I can't even understand how I was so secretive um, about it and how I got away with it for so long. Anyway, so I started to do a little bit of research on how to overcome an eating disorder and a lot of stuff came up about learning to change your subconscious mind and etc etc. I went to a psychologist a couple of times and there was literally I don't know, I just felt like I couldn't I didn't really connect and they didn't really give me any useful tools that I could do. They kind of just asked my story and that was kind of it. Um, nothing against them. I just don't think the person I went to had much experience with eating disorders. So what I started to do was do my own study and I came across a course. It was through the Institute for the Psychology of Eating and it was a an eating psychology coach course. And I knew how much this course could help me. So this course went for about 10 to 12 months long and it was an investment. It was about eight thousand US dollars but by reading through the content of what you got told, how it could help, um, how I could actually help others after doing this course, I knew that it was exactly what I wanted to do and it was exactly what I needed to do. Six months prior to this, I had kind of slowed down, I guess, in my eating disorder just a little bit. I was still throwing up um, every single week, but it had kind of slowed down to maybe once a week or twice a week. So I felt like I was getting a little bit of control over it, but still, I was still vomiting every week. So (laughs) I guess I didn't have as much control over it, but better than it was. Anyway, so I began this course and I have never in my life read anything to the effect of what this course had on me. I always thought that I was a visual learner, but in this course it was all audio, as well as some written stuff and some reading stuff. But the way that they delivered all of the information was so relatable, I guess I could say. It was really practical. It made a lot of sense. I could directly relate it to what I was going through. And everything just resonated with me so much. Like, think about uni lectures. Think about an audio uni lecture. Putting it in your ears, I'm sure you can't wait until it's over (laughs) a lot of the time. I didn't want to stop listening. That's how much it resonated with who I was and what I wanted to hear and what I needed to hear. I remember driving to work and I would put the audio on and I would listen to it on my way to work just like I would a podcast And I remember getting to work and sitting in my car and not wanting to turn it off because I was so engaged with what they were saying and how much it was relating to what I was going through that I was late to work. (laughs) Like that's just, I just want to try to give you guys an example of how amazing the work is that I actually was taught. Throughout this course, I pretty much completely healed myself using techniques that I was taught. Uh, I would say that I was 90% healed. And from there, I realized that it was my deep subconscious mind uh, that really needed the work to just kick through that last 10%. So I decided to go and see a hypnotherapist. And this hypnotherapist is in, I think she's in Caringbah. So she's in the Shire, the Sutherland Shire. And she was able to really tap deep into my subconscious mind and help to really change those last kind of thought processes that i had and she was a massive 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 part in my healing process so i can't thank her, her enough her name was beverly bultitude if anyone is looking for a hypnotherapist i cannot recommend her enough so let's get into what i used when i was going through my eating disorder and then i want to talk about my non-negotiables for today the first thing that I want to bring up is journaling. Journaling has so many incredible benefits and I think that it is such an overlooked self-healing strategy because it's so practical and it's something that you can do whenever. It requires minimal investment of time and money and the only true challenge is just your self-commitment to actually keep writing. And I found that journaling is a really great way to slow down our thoughts. It helps to release our suppressed emotions and it also helps to identify certain patterns and areas in our life that are calling, you know, for our attention or need our focus. And it can also be a source of comfort. And I honestly never thought that I would experience any of these (laughs) through journaling until I tried it. And that is what I tell everyone. It started off that I would write in the journal when I was feeling like overwhelmed. Um, or just like a sense of frustration. It was usually false <laughs> teaching in school. And I would just write down the thoughts in my mind, and that would help me to control my emotions and like feel a little more level-headed. I then decided that I would try and write about my past, because I realized, okay, writing down when I was currently feeling certain emotions helped me to kind of release it immediately, and it was a really, really good um, coping mechanism. So I thought, why not give it a bit of a bigger go and talk about my past um, in particular the domestic abuse as well as the eating disorder because I never ever spoke about the domestic abuse to anyone I would speak about what happened um, I guess to a few friends in a really light-hearted way but I never actually dug deep and said everything I went through and I still really haven't I guess but I've got a lot of it written down in like a journal. And I wouldn't really write in any type of format. I started off writing like a sentence or a word or just kind of how I was feeling. And then it got to the point where I was writing pages and pages at a time. And it was like my hand was writing faster than my brain. Like I felt like I was being taken over like by my words. And and it wasn't until I started doing this that I realized I actually still had a lot of healing to do. Like it looked like from the outside I had healed. And my behaviours, like my eating disorder behaviours, they had all disappeared, but I was still living with the trauma and I guess the sadness of what I had gone through and the fact that I felt alone. And there was an intense amount of power that I experienced when I finally allowed the thoughts that were in my head to be released onto paper. Words don't have an emotion, like they're just a letter, right? And it, it almost felt like by writing them onto a paper... It was someone else's story, and I was able to look at this story and give the story advice, like I would be giving someone else. I don't know if you're like me, but I can give like Dr. Phil advice <laughs> to other people, but when it comes to myself, I can struggle to make, to take my own advice, and it's because all of the words in our head can become so clouded. And I find that when I write them on paper, I get such clarity in one what I'm actually feeling, and two, what I need to do or what I need to action to make myself feel better. So journaling for me was extremely powerful and I really couldn't recommend it enough for anyone else who is going through some hard stuff. The next topic that I want to talk about is mirror work. So mirror work is a way of getting in touch with our inner self and the primary purpose of mirror work is to develop our self-love our self-compassion and to create a more meaningful relationship with ourself and it's just simply like looking into the mirror for a certain amount of time each day and gently talking to yourself allow negative thoughts to come up and be released and it allows us to create a more compassionate um, and I guess forgiving connection with ourselves. and it also helps to change our subconscious mind. I was speaking to a friend the other day about doing mirror work and she was saying that She's not sure if she can begin to kind of do it because she feels quite confronted. And if you're like most people, I'm sure you will feel uncomfortable or you might feel awkward um, or unsettled or actually some people feel quite embarrassed and can get quite emotional when they do this practice. But if you stick to it, it is one of the most powerful healing mechanisms that you can do. And the reason that it's so hard is because the mirror is going to reflect back to you the feelings that you have about yourself. It makes you immediately aware of the areas that you're resisting. And it also shows you where you're open and flowing. It shows you what thoughts you will need to change if you want to have a joyous and a healthy relationship with yourself. In front of the mirror, you can't hide. It is your true self. And it gets, gives us a glimpse into the relationship that we have with ourselves. And I think that was the biggest thing that I struggled with when doing my self-healing journey, but as I said, I can't recommend it enough. So I would start in the morning and I would do about five to 10 minutes of mirror work where I would stand completely naked in front of a mirror and I would look at myself from my toes all the way up to my head. And yes, negative thoughts came up all of the time, but every time they came up, I would try to release them and I would try to replace it with a positive word. And it's kind of like a habit, the more positive habits we can replace the more our subconscious mind is going to then start feeding us these positive messages naturally. And it got to the point where I would see myself in a reflection and immediately a nice thought would come into my mind. And that's when I knew that I had trained my subconscious to be a healthy and loving thought process. And that's one of the biggest key changes that i found in my whole healing journey. So mirror work is really, really, really powerful if you're willing to give it a go. The next strategy that I did was writing down my negative thoughts. (laughs) So this one was an interesting one. I don't think we're aware of how many negative thoughts we have in a day. So this is what I did. I didn't use my iPhone back then, but I would suggest you using your notes because it's super accessible. Every single time a negative thought about yourself pops up into your head, pull out your phone, go into your notes and write down that thought. At the end of the day, open up your notes and read how many negative thoughts you said about yourself. And then I want you to think about this. If you have a child and every single day you're feeding your child 100 negative comments to them, how do you think they're going to grow up in the world? Do you think they're going to be confident, proud, feel loved, have self-worth? I guarantee they're not going to. Yet every day we are saying hundreds of negative things to ourselves and then wondering why we hate our body or why we have no self-worth. And it all starts from within. Our self-thoughts are not the reason why we hate our body, but we have created these self-thoughts through external factors that have now developed into our own. So for example, Instagram comparison, the way that we view other people, the media, um, things that are fed to us by society. So all of these things have made an impact on the way we perceive ourselves And then we've created these negative thought processes and habits that we then constantly feed ourselves day in day out And that's what we need to change So I wrote down all the negative things that I said in a day And I did this for a few days just to get a gist of what the kind of common things that I was saying to myself were after this Every time I said a negative thought, I would then open my phone again and I would write down a positive thing and I would say it to myself three times. So. For example, if I caught the reflection in the mirror and I was like, oh my god, my thighs are massive, I would pull out my phone and be like, your legs are beautiful, they are strong and they carry you each and every day. And I would say that to myself three times. And again, it's exactly like mirror work. You're trying to tap into that subconscious and change those automatic thought processes into these healthy and happy and loving and compassionate thoughts. The last thing that I did to help along my self-love journey when I had my eating disorder was doing things that made me happy. So I used to go to the gym as a punishment and I would do exercises that I didn't actually like. I would also go to things that I didn't really want to go to and I would do things that I thought I had to do, not what I actually wanted to do. And when I started changing up my decision making to do things that I only wanted to do and things that made me happy and were in alignment with I guess who I wanted to be and what I wanted to achieve, I saw massive differences. When I went to the gym, I would start doing different kind of exercises. Like if I didn't want to run that day, I wouldn't run that day. I would maybe go do some handstands or I would do a gymnastics class and I would go swimming. But I started to do things that just kind of felt good to me and they felt natural for me, I guess, as well. And also I would start to include little routines in my day that also made me feel good. And that could be something like going for a walk. I loved to do walking meditation where I would put meditation music on. I'd go for a walk around the street, literally. And the music would actually create a scene for me. So I'd be walking down the street and it was almost like I was in a little bit of a trance. And I loved doing that because I could picture myself in a total different world. I could picture myself... And almost manifest myself as this happy, confident, and free kind of person. And it boosted my mood and it helped me have a much clearer mindset of what I wanted to achieve. So they are the four main self-love things that I did when I was going through my eating disorder recovery. So I'll just repeat those. I did journaling, mirror work, writing down my thoughts, and doing the things that genuinely made me happy. So I want to fast forward to today and talk about my non-negotiable self-love activities or routines that I'll do that I make sure that I do either every single day or every single week. The first one I literally do every single day, doesn't matter where I am, doesn't matter what I'm doing, and that is checking in with myself. So all this means is taking five to 10 minutes out of your day, sitting down, slowing down your breathing which helps to slow down your thoughts and it helps to really kind of embody and check in with yourself and asking myself the questions how am i feeling how are my emotions how are my energy levels what's calling for my attention and by doing that i'm able to make sure that i am not neglecting any area of my life or my body that is calling for my attention and it's also a really nice way to be a reminder of how far I've come and how important it is for me to continue along this self-love journey. Another thing is, again, doing the things that make me happy. So that's something that I never stopped doing. It's something that I live by. Um, I don't do anything that is not in alignment with me. And I've actually started this year in particular saying no to the things that I genuinely don't want to do. So if there's an event on and everyone's going to it and usually I'd be like, yeah, I want to do it. If I don't want to do it, I just don't do it. Like I don't I completely beat to my own drum in that sense. I love to do circus. I love to do handstands. I love to do beach walks. I love to go for runs. I love to meditate. Um, Yeah, so I just kind of do the things that make me happy. I love to see my mates and catch up. And I make sure that I have at least two to three things each day that are going to make me smile. Another non-negotiable is catching my negative thoughts. So throughout the day, any negative thought I have, I make sure that I stop it and I say one positive thing. So that's another kind of habit that I've taken along with me from my eating disorder recovery. So instead of writing down my thoughts now, I can just say them in my mind. As soon as something negative comes up, I change it. I literally switch it. And I am not even lying. I genuinely do this. Every single time, like I know that sometimes it can be like, ugh, like it must be a little bit draining to always have to stop and think like it must, you know, use so much brain power, but it really doesn't. As soon as a negative thing comes into my mind, I immediately have this nasty kind of feeling and I just release it. I'm like, get rid of it and say something positive to myself. I become really, really good at doing that because of how often I've practiced it. Another thing that I live by is knowing when to stop. There is a quote that I have seen quite often lately. A lot of people always say it and I really freaking hate it. And it's, don't rely on motivation, rely on discipline. I hate that quote so much. (laughs) I know there's a fine line between, I'm going to use the example of exercising You've got to be aware of when you're just being lazy and you just can't be bothered for no reason. But you need to understand that you can't lose connection with yourself. Our body is constantly sending us signals and it's sending us signals for a reason. So if you have a day where you are feeling unmotivated, uninspired, but you're also feeling super tired, lethargic, maybe you're a little bit emotional, a little bit erratic with your thoughts, that's kind of a signal that you need to just chill out yeah you need to kind of find the balance between your yin to your yang make sure that you are balancing out what your body is asking for if you're feeling burnt out then you need to rest if you're feeling energized then maybe you need to use that energy in a useful and resourceful way but i hate that saying because it's not about discipline if you just rely on discipline then you're going to push yourself too far and you're then going to lose the connection between your of what actually is best for you rather than what you think is best for you and Lastly, what I want to talk about is gratitude. This is something that I talk about a lot in my story. I feel like we can get so caught up in our immediate world that we forget to take a step back and realize that we are so lucky to have the education that we do, the opportunities that we do, the beautiful world that we live in fresh clean water to drink from amazing fresh food to eat from and all of the opportunities that just have shaped us to be where we are today i know that for me i have been given so many amazing opportunities in my life and i'm so grateful that i can share them with other people in terms of now educating having a podcast being able to have internet to share and connect with people all over the world and so many of us, including myself, can forget about all of these things and become a little bit selfish and use our energy in a way that's really not useful or valuable. So practicing gratitude each day is a really, really important um, topic that I think we all kind of talk about but we overlook actually doing it in our own immediate life and that's something that I try to do every single day. I'm getting better at it. There are days that I just let my, you know, first world problems get the best of me as we all do, you know, and of course they are problems in our immediate world but it's always nice to take that step back and realize that we are so lucky and we need to start seeing everything that we do as an opportunity to grow and as an opportunity to see it in a positive light. So that is kind of all of my self-love routines and practices that I've done in my past and that I do now. So hopefully you can try some of those and I hope that was a little bit interesting to you. I feel like I rambled for quite a long time then. Um, So before we finish up, I wanted to quickly talk about the workshop that I'm doing with my friend Julie on the 25th of May, Saturday, at the Collaborative in Maroubra. It's from 1 to 4 p.m. The early bird tickets are still on sale. They're $33.33. I would love to have you there. I'm going to be talking all things self-love, self-talk, creating a positive body image. And I know, as I said at the beginning, Everything that I have experienced in my past has shaped me to be the person that I am today. And I put it all down to the specific practices that I put into my life. I know what works. I know how to help other people. I know how to teach it. And that is what I'm trying to get across in all of my podcasts. So come and see me face to face. We'll be answering direct questions related to specific problems that you guys are having. Um, we can do anonymous questions. We can do after the workshop questions. I don't mind. I'm happy to connect for as long as you guys want to. Uh, so I will put the ticket link in the description for the podcast. Otherwise, you can head to my Instagram, which is barexbrave, B-A-R-E-X-B-R-A-V-E. And you can click on the link in my bio and that will take you to the tickets. So yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would be forever grateful if you could share it on your Instagram story and tag me, barexbrave. I would love to see how many of you are enjoying all of the information. If there's anything or if you have any questions at all, please just contact me at lyh underscore podcast at outlook.com or you can send me a message via Instagram. And if you have any topics that you would like for me to cover in the potty, just let me know. Uh, Yeah, have a lovely week, everyone. I'm hoping that this recorded because if it didn't, I'm not doing it again. (laughs) Anyway, see ya thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this podcast i would be so grateful if you were able to leave me a review and please follow me on facebook and on instagram at bear X brave if you have any questions or you want to contact me at all please email me at l y h underscore podcast at outlook.com i'll talk to you in my next podcast